The Natural Hat Trick with Luke Lipinski, Craig Morgan, and Jamie Eisner. Welcome to episode 203 of the Natural Hat Trick Podcast alongside Jamie Eisner. The Natty Hattie. Craig Morgan. I'm so happy I went first this time. Every mistake I'm Oh, yes. You haven't chosen me first in weeks. <laughs> Just drink right into the microphone. Dutch Brothers coffee. At least it's not Burger King. I'm Luke Lipinski, and it was a while back. A long time we all ago. remember. Just need to let that go. When we Craig used to eat. One time that I ate Burger, Burger King. I think it was twice. Was it twice? Right before Did a show. I, twice? And you, I think the second time was on purpose. Oh. You came in with effect. a burger, fries, and a bag of excuses. That's what I remember. Mm. There were a lot of excuses. I do remember that Before vividly. You, we, neither one of us even said anything. He just immediately went on the defensive about his Burger King. Yeah. He was upset. Yeah. It was a rough day. Do you work on that line, by the way? What? Burgers, fry, and a bag of excuses. No, that just <laughs> came to me. Rehearsed. No. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen on this show. Trust me. Uh, I do know what's going to happen on this show, actually. We're going to have Sebastian Norton on for Swedish things later on. You should be rating and reviewing, preferably before you hear the entire show, because that will keep the rating higher, I would imagine. Uh, We've got, of course, the Stanley Cup to get into, but we are going to start with random news and notes. Actually, we're going to start with Ben Schroyer tweeting in, uh, asking if Craig Morgan got sopranoed at the end of the last episode. (laughs) There was a decent number of people that heard and didn't love the ending to to, uh, last week's show. (laughs) Good. I love it. Blame me for that. Uh, as is the rule, blame Jamie for pretty much everything. Uh, I want to start with Philadelphia. Okay. Sure. Okay. What are we talking about in Philadelphia? Philadelphia trading for the rights to try to sign Kevin, Kevin Hayes, Hayes yeah. which... Oh, the Coyotes did this with Alex Goligoski. Yeah. It you, usually works. You kind of have an idea. Oh, the, not that I'm saying that they've actually talked. No. you can't do that, but... <laughs> they've never know. met, I'm sure. It has a strange way of working out. Why would you trade for a guy's rights if you're not going to sign him? I mean, it was only yeah. a fifth-round pick, so whatever. Yeah, it's a fifth-round pick, so who cares? It's always a weird deal anyway, because if the guy really wants to sign with you for the terms that you want, why can't he just do it on July 1st? Yeah. And if he's afraid he might, or if he thinks he's going to get a better offer from another team, then he would just wait. Why doesn't he just wait till July 1st? Yeah. So I, I, these deals are always They showed me, me they really wanted me. By giving up that fifth round pick, yeah, yeah I mean a fifth round pick tipped nothing. the scales for me. <laughs> what do you think he gets? A fifth round pick? No. What do you think he gets? <laughs> I have not gone into what what, uh, what his salary might project to. I have a bold prediction. Not really bold, Go but for a specific it. prediction. I think he's gonna get five years at around five point seven million a year. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna hate that. That's, yeah. Well, I, I can guarantee you, Jamie's gonna hate whatever he gets because he wanted five by five. And I would assume, that was a while ago, I would assume if Philadelphia is trading for his rights, they're going to have to give him more than 5 by 5 Chicago wants him too, don't they? Yeah. The, the Coyotes had some interest in him, but, you know, he's probably going to sign with Philadelphia now. Does this address Philadelphia's needs? Let me bring that up. Let me ask that question. What are Philadelphia's needs, by the way? They are many. Carter Hart to be what he was the entire season next mm-hmm. year. That's what their needs are. Okay. If if they get get Carter Hart's goaltending throughout the whole season, they're a playoff team. Yeah, there's I have little doubt about that. They do need some more. I don't say they need some more depth. They need some more scoring outside of that top line. They have plenty of depth. They have plenty of pieces there that can make a moderate impact on that team, but they don't have a lot of playmakers beyond that top line. I mean, Kevin Hayes, what he had fifty five points, nineteen goals last yeah, year. So he helps. He's twenty seven. Mm-hmm. I mean, he. I mean, he he helps them certainly. 
How, um, how aggressive do you think they're going to be this offseason? I have a feeling Philadelphia is going to be one of the most aggressive teams. Hearing that from so many people, yeah. they're going to be a very aggressive team this offseason. But so now yeah. you've heard it from me, too, so that really pushes uh, that it over really the top. really the scales, yeah. 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 Sarcasm, huh? Mm-hmm. And I think there's reason to believe they should be. I, I think the East is still fairly open. I think they can be a playoff team if they don't get the absolute worst goaltending in the league, which they did for about half the season. To be fair, that was spread out over like seven goalies, though, before <laughs> Carter Hart got there. Um any chance they'd be willing to move Nolan Patrick if they get Kevin Hayes? Mm, I, I don't see why that I, would I make sense that. for them. I wouldn't do that. Why, you, you, you sell for 60 cents on the dollar? You're coveting Nolan Patrick? I just It would be interested if a if the number two overall pick from just a couple years ago who plays center, if he were available. I'm not, I'm not saying he will be. I'm just thinking if they add Kevin Hayes and they've already got their top two centers and they really plan to be that aggressive, I don't think they'd sell low. I don't think they'd, there would be this mandate that they have to trade him. I just wonder if they'd be willing to trade him. It's coming off, what, a 12-goal season? Yeah, I, I, goal season? I, I don't think they're going to get anywhere near the return they would he's, want for, yeah, for him. He's cost-controlled and... It doesn't have a lot of leverage in terms of negotiations when he becomes an RFA. Yes, once he gets 30 goals next year, they don't have to pay him that much. And again, they can bounce Giroux back to the wings and whatnot. I mean, they've moved Giroux around all over the ice. If if they're really worried about having that many centers, they'll they'll figure it out. Well, Couturier. Couturier, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't don't think you weaken your position. I think you try and strengthen that position. I think this is a, a step in that direction. And I just don't – I don't see any reason to move him now, although it does annoy me that his two first names – of his two first names, the, yes. the one that is his first name is less a first name than the one that isn't his first name. <laughs> so that drives his value down it right should there. should really be Patrick Nolan. Let's Patrick just, Nolan. Let's just right or wrong I think here. Patrick Nolan is a more boring name though. It is, but Nolan Patrick – wait, do, is there a comma there? What's, which is coming first? I'm Nolan, confused. comma, Patrick. What yeah. if his middle name was comma, but it was spelled out <laughs> C-O-M-M-A? <laughs> that would be outstanding. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I I do think they're going to overpay Kevin Hayes. Uh, we saw them kind of overpay James Van Riems like mm-hmm. last year, although he was he was good. But I mean, twenty seven goals, but they kind of overpaid him. I just wonder if they're going to do something crazy this off season. I've I mean, have you heard rumors that they may be willing to trade Gostaspier? That's been out there. Yeah, if they're and willing I, to trade I don't him, get that. I mean, we've heard the Voracek stuff for a while, but I don't know what the returns going to be with that contract. Yeah, I'd be careful on and and if I'm any team, I'm careful on taking Voracek. That's a huge contract. Yeah, the, uh, but yeah, we you don't want to weaken your blue line. Your, your blue line is finally at the point where you feel like you have some good young pieces that that can really cement your your blue line for a long time. Yeah, getting Samuel Morin and you've got Gustas Bear, you've got Ivan Provorov. I, I think there are enough pieces back there now where you can build a blue line. So I, I, that wouldn't make any sense to me if they could somehow unload Voracek. That kudos to them. And, and no that's out there though. It is the Gustas Bear stuff's out there. That's why I'm saying the Patrick thing doesn't seem as crazy to me as it would have on first glance. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't think of a logical reason why I would trade Shane Goss's bear in that contract. I mean, right now you're going to have plenty of money coming off the books next season for your lower-end defensemen, the Andrew McDonald's, the Radko Gudises, the David Schlemko's of the world, all coming off at what? Schlemko. Almost $10.5 million the coming off. The Schlemko-Gudis defensive pairing would have been great. Dave Tippett never had a problem saying his last name. Maybe no. it's because it's the sh sound. Yeah, if it, it was, just works with if it was Schlemko, teeth. it wouldn't have worked. Yeah. yeah. Schmitty. I love how NHL coaches just they come up with a pronunciation. GMs too for their players, and that's just Mom. what it is. That's no Toby Reader, so then Don Maloney, <laughs> Ryder Reader. We had a Don Maloney glossary. Yeah, well, you had the beat to. writers had a Don Maloney glossary <laughs> for names. Uh, anything else in Philadelphia before we move on to real teams that are in the playoffs? Wow, real teams, or at least made the playoffs. We all think Philadelphia's going to be in the playoffs next year, though. I, they should, as long yes. as they don't do something stupid this off season. Well, yeah, again. 
Yes, but also very, very likely possibility that they do something stupid. As long as they don't get rid of Carter Hart to be able to sign Ilya Brzgalov. Isn't that what they did with Bobrowski? And that worked out very well for uh, him, not them. Taylor Hall, does he want out of New Jersey? His agent vehemently denied that report. Vehemently. Wow. Okay. Uh, He did tweet something nice out about the NBA, and everybody flipped out on him. I know. It's just like, let the guy enjoy it. He doesn't know what he's talking about anyway, but (laughs) let's face it. Well, what a great product they have here. <laughs> well, it's entertaining when you're in the place and, you know, playoff basketball once you get down to the Final Four is fantastic. It really is. You've got great teams. Well, you've actually got it's like the a, teams a finals that you knew this were year. were going to be there every yes. year. Well, yeah. That's the problem with the NBA. But once you get to this point in the NBA, yeah, I'm, I'm on board at this point of the year. I'm watching those games. What would, if Taylor Hall were actually available, would you be willing to give up like Adam Larson for him or something? Or would you want to give up a good <laughs> hey, player? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Let's not get rash. Okay. Maybe like a third pairing defenseman for uh, the former MVP of the I league. I want an offseason where Taylor Hall goes back to Edmonton and Eric Carlson goes back to Ottawa. Oh, we're <laughs> what is this? going on? The league. What's going on? New Jersey can't trade Taylor Hall. They cannot trade well, Taylor if, Hall. if he decides he doesn't want to be there, well, there's that. then you absolutely have to trade him. You're New Jersey. You're not winning anything anytime ever. <laughs> That sounded like a New Yorker saying something about. But New but Jersey. I mean, uh, the reality is is it, obviously you don't you don't actively seek to trade a player like Taylor Hall unless you're Peter Chiarelli. Unless but you need a second pairing defenseman. Otherwise, let me ask you this: Is this Taylor Hall saying, "Let's see what we're going to do to take that step"? You know, we took a step two years ago, but then we fell back. What are we going to do to get this team up to playoff contention? Is this him sending a message? It should be. Yeah. You're yeah. in the final year of your deal. Yep. You're going to make one and a half, one and three quarters times what you've been making mm-hmm. on the open market. You're going to you're going to push probably ten million. I'd imagine is what he'd get offered at, as a 28 year old on the on the open market, unless he has another really awful season, and then maybe it's only eight. But uh, are you bullish on the Devils' future? I mean, I know they've they've got every to- you know they got the top pick again. They got Nico Hishier, but. Are you excited about this team turning things around and becoming a contender in the next two or three seasons? You got Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, and Taylor Hall. You were about to add another marquee player. So, and with Taylor Hall, you'll get the first pick next year too, because that's just—I mean, that somebody did tweet in. I can't find the exact uh, name right now, but you have to factor in if you're trading for Taylor Hall, that means you get the first pick in the draft because it happens what six times in the ten years he's been in the league. Saying the Coyotes in Vancouver should really be looking hard at this. Yes, (laughs) yes, for that reason, the worst lottery luck. you mentioned the Coyotes, and oh, we did. I we, did make that mistake. Didn't we're going to have to get into the potential of potential of Patrick Marleau. That's how Bruce Arians used to say it. I always used to love that. And he's, I, could, I, I tried to get him to say the word potential just so I could hear it. Potential. 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 <laughs> yeah, I think you need a, a glossary for Bruce Arians too, and That's more true. so for the pronunciations. He said all the words right. He just or all the right words, but just not in the uh, the right enunciation. We could have quoted. Bruce Arians directly in the athletic. All the obscenities, everything could have made its way directly into the athletic without any editing whatsoever. We agree that's why he's not uh, doing broadcasting anymore, right? <laughs> he <laughs> he doesn't like, really have that filter. Three minutes into the first game, you could tell he was like, well, I can't say any of the words I use, so this is going to be difficult. <laughs> he may as well have been doing soccer over in like Germany or something. Uh, Patrick Marlowe to the Coyotes has been floated out there. It's actually been floated out there for a while. Um, Since April, actually, when <laughs> I wrote about it. But. <laughs> no, I, I think I just saw somebody report it the other day. And that has to be the first time, because I can't remember anything prior to a week ago. 
because it's 2019 and that's how we all think. It is. It really is. Uh, it's funny listening to just some of the casual hockey fans that are more so sports fans around here. They're looking at it like, oh, I get Patrick Marlowe. I remember that. That, that guy's a big name. If the Coyotes are trading for Patrick Marlowe, they better be getting something else much better in the deal. Correct. And that's what this is all about. If, if that, that would be the reason the Coyotes would make this happen. That's the reason they'd take on the final year of his contract, which is still, from a cap space standpoint, prohibitive to a lot of teams. It's not to the Coyotes as much. As we know, John Chaika has used cap space as an asset in the past to acquire other young players. Jacob Chikrin, Lawson Krause, Vinny Hindestroza, Jordan Osterley are the guys that have come back on taking some of those huge contracts. The problem with Toronto is that if they're going to deal Marlowe and one of those young players, they're going to want a defenseman in return. And I don't think that the Coyotes are looking to move any of their top defensemen. So I just don't I don't see this as a viable move. How, how are we getting to a point, and not so much the Coyotes and, and, and any team that's trying to do what the Coyotes are doing. If you're saying, yeah, we'll take Marlow off your hands, but we want Kasperi Kapanen, that's one thing. But we're also hearing stuff of like, well, you know, the Toronto's just going to get out of this. They're going to get rid of Marlow. They're going to dump Zaitsev, and they'll be able to sign Marner and keep all their players. How do we get to a point where other teams, like potentially L.A., are just out there trying to help Toronto? It well, like? I mean, with L.A., you look at it, if, it depends on what we're talking about. You know, L.A. is probably going to want to shed something as well. So if it's, if it's Kovalchuk's contract... Okay, you get you get out of the third year of Kovalchuk's contract, so that's that's a win for you too. In the, in the fact that you don't have him for an extra year, that was a good signing. So, and if and if you're LA and you're and you're looking realistically at your future, next year is not it. It doesn't matter what what comes next year. You're going to be terrible again. Yeah, you're not a playoff team. So maybe that's a way to speed up the rebuild, and that's all that is. But what's in that for Toronto? Why would you going to take? Two years of the same money that you're just trying to get rid of one year of Marlowe for? Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't understand that. Even if you move Zaitsev, I feel like that's... So then you're moving four and a half million-ish of value versus moving the full six and a quarter? Like, I, I don't understand. else in that, yeah. If, yeah. If Toronto gets out of all this because they come up with something creative and smart and Kyle Dubas shows off, you know, really makes a name for himself as a GM, not just because he's Toronto's GM, and they come out of the summer with, with everything intact, I will applaud them. Yeah. But if some team just bails them out and is like, oh, yeah, we'll take Marlowe because he wants to live in California, and, uh, and, and, and some other team's like, well, we're so desperate for defense, we'll take Zaitsev, and Toronto doesn't lose any of their good players players mm-hmm. and nobody gets offer sheeted getting back to Kovalchuk I, 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 do you believe that Kovalchuk can help you more than Marlowe did N- no in Toronto I don't I don't think Kovalchuk has that much left and even if he does if things go south we have seen what his attitude can bring like he will shut himself yeah. down granted he was playing for Willie Desjardins <laughs> true <laughs> but, but he also not, just but, up and but, left. but let's let's Kovalchuk has a sterling history yeah. of just playing it's really true. hard for all the teams he's ever played it's for. true it's in true. multiple continents. He's, so, he's one of the first players I can remember going to a game and, and and sitting right actually down near the glass and thinking to myself, that guy doesn't ever skate past center ice on defense. He just when we first broke into the league with like Atlanta, remember Atlanta? I, I do remember Atlanta. He wouldn't even he he wouldn't even try to get past the red line to play any defense. He would just hang out. He's basically like the guy in your adult league that just cherry picks for points. Yeah. So I mean maybe his game has evolved a little bit since then, but to answer your question, if I'm Toronto and I have to pay either way, I'd probably rather have Marlowe because I think he's a better presence around those young players. He still had almost 20 goals last year, didn't and he? one fewer. I mean, and, and that's he never the thing misses too, games like, either. Like, if, if we're talking about from the Coyotes' angle, Patrick Marlowe will help them. He won't 6.25 million dollars help them, but he will actually help yeah, their and team. People are like, yeah, if you put him on your fourth line, I'm, I'm pretty happy with Patrick Marlowe because he can still skate. He oh, can yeah. play in Rick Tockett's system because he can skate. 
So he would not be a bad player in your no. system. And, and for one year, that's fine if you're getting one of those other guys. Correct. Now, we'll see what happens with Toronto. You know, maybe maybe they'll get to the point where they're out of options, where they're, they're simply desperate to unload salary, and, and they do something like that. But to me, if I'm looking at this, Patrick Marlowe has one year left. If I'm Toronto, I'm not... I'm not. That's not the deal where I'm unloading one of those guys. I'm I'm sweetening the pot on Nikita Zaitsev if 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 I'm trying to get rid of a, a contract that I don't want anymore because he's got five years left. Yeah, yeah. So that might be where I throw someone in, and that just doesn't work for the Coyotes. I think on first glance, people that are are pretty savvy hockey fans looking like why why if you're a Coyotes fan why do you want Marlowe? But for the reasons you guys just said, he does have some value to you just alone. Like if Patrick Marlowe was just a free agent wanted to sign with the Coyotes for two million dollars, he, he there's benefit. Then there's also the fact that, like you said, he's only you only have to pay him for one year. And in theory, if he brought Kasperi Kapanen with him, that could potentially be a great trade for the Coyotes. Also, Patrick Marleau hasn't missed a game since 2009. Yeah, and his salary is lower. And that if you look at the structure of it with the signing bonus, Toronto probably retained maybe, maybe as much as 50% of his salary. So yeah. you're not really on the hook for a lot there. Which of those... Uh, I don't want to say mid-tier if you're going to throw Nylander in there. Take Nylander out of it. Which of those mid-tier players do you like the most from Toronto for, for Arizona? Yeah, yeah Kapanen. Period. Yeah. Kapanen. Me too. I'm going to be upset if Kapanen's a Maple Leaf next year. I'd probably take Andreas Janssen too, though. If you give me Janssen and Marlowe for... I mean, that's the thing. Well, what, the thing is, it, is, what's the return going to be? Because the, the notion that Toronto can deal from a position of strength should be a fallacy. Yeah, but if you go online, they are the team with all the power in because any trade they ever make. The longer this goes, the worse it gets for Toronto. Because at some point, again, maybe all the GMs just did a blood pack and somewhere in like Oshawa where they just went there like to a wood cabin <laughs> in the forest and said, we're never going to offer shit to anybody. But in the world where I would like to believe that some GM out there actually cares about winning. I don't like feel like Steve Eisenman was in the, on that pact. And then that fantasy world, that the longer this keeps going, there's always a chance that you get tempted. There's always a chance that an owner reads something in the newspaper and comes down and says, you know what, why aren't we in on this Mitch Marner guy? So you don't want this to drag into mid-July, late July, because you just allow too many things that could happen that could really cause problems for them. Darren Drager's already reporting that Mitch Marner's camp's probably taken this to... Canada Day, which is July one. I, I, Isn't that great? By the way, that Canada Day oh, is start of free agency. Yeah. I mean, they're, <laughs> just, they're, it's just perfect. Let's just fulfill every positive stereotype you possibly could. Yes, it's Canada, so our our our, our national day is the start of NHL free agency. Uh, I don't. I mean. I don't think it's arrogance on the team's part. There's definitely some arrogance. Toronto fans are either self-loathing or arrogant. I guess they're a lot like uh, Yankees fans. They 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 are, but. Uh, I, I can identify with the fan yeah. base. I understand. I understand how they think about these things. It's just... You see these things tweeted out, though. Maple Leafs fans are like, okay, well, if we're giving you Marlowe for whoever, who else are you throwing in? I mean, you start to read it. It's like, well, yeah, we'll give you Marlowe for Chikrin, and then you give us your second round pick, yeah, look, too. Look, nobody, no fan base ever evaluates their players. Yeah, but or Toronto's Particularly delusional. their prospects properly. Nobody. Yes. Because everybody lives in this, this video game world where I can trade you all my garbage and get something back right. in return. Yeah. Especially if I give you my volume of garbage yes. and get you one really good player in That's return. That's like one of the biggest rules for fan trades. If you like the trade, chances are really good that it's never going to happen because you're not being realistic about the parts going both ways. Yes. The reality is Toronto just has to find a way to get Marlowe's contract off the books. If they can get Marlowe and Zaitsev off the books, even better. Mm. That's their only goal. It doesn't. They don't even. To me, they don't even need to get a return. If the return is a third round pick, that's the thing. If push comes to shove, at the end of the day, 
losing those two players and being able to sign the guys that you have will allow you still to be a cup contender. You're I, not losing much. What what is the market for Zaitsev? I really don't have a handle on that. I mean, in, I don't in terms either. of minutes, and he is. Know, he happens to be right-handed, so that's nice. Yeah, but he is him for maybe a, a fifth defenseman. To me, that he I mean, play in the top four, but it, yeah, he did because they paid him, and he yeah. had that one decent season, and they they signed him to this huge deal, and they went, oh no. But I, I start in defensive zone. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> that's why his production's down. But you're taking on five. There's some, there's some truth to that. Some, right? when you look but at not usage, all of it. But, yeah, and and yeah. four and a half million isn't prohibitive for most teams, especially if you're going to play him in the second pairing. But yeah, if he's a top five four years. And again, though, Toronto shouldn't be dealing from a position of power, going back to what Jamie said. And there is that perception out there among their fan base of, if we're going to give you Zaitsev, if we're going to give you Marlowe, that's a, he scored 40 goals a couple years ago, like 10 years ago. So did Jonathan Chichu. That's lovely. It doesn't matter. (laughs) I don't care what Patrick Marlowe did five years ago. Again, Uh, he will help somebody's team. But again, you're dealing him, you're trying to get rid of his money. The other teams don't need Patrick Marlowe that badly. the, the, The... to succinctly summarize it, all that really matters here is Toronto is the team that's desperate. Yeah, and, and if they, they manage they to unload both like of these guys without losing one of those players we just talked about, then kudos to Kyle Dubas and shame on the rest of the NHL Absolutely. GMs. They will win multiple You should cups. hold their feet to the fire on this. That yeah. might be enough for a GM of the year award. If he can pull that off. Yeah, yeah but he should thank the other GMs if, the, if he pulls that Regardless, off. Regardless, but Absolutely. if he does pull it off, then you know we're talking... David Poyle territory. Here. Yeah. <laughs> Until they start like six and six and the fans in Toronto turn and on Maybe, anyway. by the way, he could give another GM uh, that I know fairly well some pointers on how to unload bad contracts without giving up oh. great young assets. Chicago reference? Feels like a Chicago reference. What would Tara Vinen do in this year's postseason? Um, how do you do all season? Better than Brandon yeah, he's Saad. pretty good, too. Yeah. How'd the Chicago Wolves David do? David Teravainen wasn't even in that trade for Brandon Saad. They gave up an even better player for Brandon Saad. And yet, he's the guy to lead us into the future. Yeah, how's Panarin doing? I mean, since you loosely brought him up. Biding his time. That's how I'd characterize our Temi Panarin right now. Where do I want to play? Probably Florida, but I'll take a look around because I really have my choice. Who's coaching in Florida now? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Not, the guy who was the problem. Yes. It was his fault. Yeah. Who um, Who is more likely to make the playoffs next year, Florida or Chicago? Oh, okay. Florida. I, that's, that's a legitimate Florida. question. Florida. I, okay. think, I think the East is more open. And Florida, Florida has so much talent. At some point, they have to push through. And if they can't do it with Quenville, it's not happening. Yeah. If you can't do it with Quenville and Panarin on top of... Barkov and Huberto oh, and everything Barkov, else. So I'm good. not even sure they need Panarin to make the playoffs. No, but if they, they add would, they, Panarin, would, they should get Panarin by all means. If, please add to your roster. But if I that think team adds Panarin and Quenville, that's like that's a dangerous team. It is in the Atlantic. Goaltending is going to have to figure out can can you stay healthy enough in, in there? But goaltending is an issue. You can't. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, Reimer signed for multiple years, I believe, and so was Luongo, and you're I'm just going to kind of have to for three more years. You're just going to kind of have to deal with that. But speaking of contracts, just bad contracts. That's the sort of over, but yeah. sort of team that could take Tampa out in the first round next year. I mean, if you're looking, apparently any team could take Tampa out. <laughs> if you're looking no. for your your candidates to take the Lightning out in the first round next year, put Florida on the top of the list. Eric Carlson is considering Ottawa or Montreal. Yeah, which one's more egregious here? I still think Ottawa's Ottawa because Ottawa. he's been there. No sense. And there's what, what he is, knows. What, first of all, what is he going back to? Why? And what is Ottawa doing in this rebuild if they're signing Eric Carlson? Just, He's not hey, going. We back can't to decide Ottawa. what we want to do. Uh, I mean, it, it, it does. Might, it does make up for their lack of return for him in the trade for the Sharks. So I guess that's okay. Yeah, but, that's right. Look, we got something. But, and does Melnick all of a sudden have more money now? Like, what's what's the lure? 
What is the lure? I, I don't believe this. I don't believe it. Look, we're not going to believe it. We turned Eric Carlson into Eric Carlson and Chris Tierney. That's huge. That's, that's Ottawa's <laughs> motto for next season. If he goes to Montreal, though, what do you think of that? Uh, that's an intriguing team. Mm-hmm. That's what they need. Team. I mean, I don't think they're a cup contender. But, do I. Yeah. but I do think that they can come close to matching their point total again. You can make up for the regression that's going to happen for the rest of the team, <laughs> right? It so, which, by the way, but that might be enough team. to get in. But that might be enough to get in next year. I mean, they had a better record than the team that was in the second round of the postseason. They had a so, better record than a few teams this year, actually, in the yeah. West, and they have a better record yeah. than Vegas too. Mm-hmm. I'll look that up. I, I believe Vegas. I know they had better record than Colorado. They did. Well, a lot of teams <laughs> did actually. <laughs> Colorado had more losses than wins. Mm. Um, here, let's more address, on that later. Let, no, let's address it right now because I'll forget. <laughs> let's later, go, and right I don't on. have the tweet. Right, Colorado so, did, in fact, have more losses than wins. Jamie. So I, I give a shout out here uh, to All Hail Kale at Mac Winnin on Twitter. If you have any confusion about the allegiance that this person might have, uh, he tweeted at us. Uh, he tweeted at Luke saying that all three of us, but at Luke's particularly bad take about the the Avs not taking a leap forward next year. Uh, I will let Luke off the hook. That was me. It's literally was, the exact opposite of what I said. I think Colorado uh, will take a leap forward next year. And I will continue to say, I don't think they take a major leap forward next year. Uh, Even I, I with McCarr? Yes. Okay. I like a lot of pieces on their team, but there were massive holes on that team all season long. They got really hot at the end of the year, which again, all the games count, and I know they won a playoff round, but... I think they're right around that same point total again next year. I don't. I, I think that was ninety, just as a reference point. Yeah, I mean, I think they're in the upper eighties. Like, I, I just, I don't know. I just, I, I love the top end talent there, but again, the fourth pick they're going to have this year is not going to help them this year. I still think the bottom half of that blue line is bad. They don't have enough depth there, unless but they have some awesome. They have off cap season. space though too, don't mm-hmm. they? And if they have an awesome off season and bring in a bunch of pieces, maybe I'll reevaluate that. But as the team is currently constructed. I don't think they're anywhere close to a lock to be a wild card team. I'll put them at 95 for next year. Again, not knowing exactly what moves they make, but they were supposedly in on Kevin Hayes, too. I mean, it sounds like they're going to be active. I think McCarr's legit. Just goaltending questions, I guess. I don't think Colorado as a team only got hot at the end of the year. Not, I know you're not saying because of luck. I think they are a better team than they showed for most of the season, but I do think Grubauer was hot at the end of the year. I don't know how sustainable that is. And again, we'll see, we'll yeah, see how he big, is. That's a huge question, actually. But I still, like like Jamie said, I still think they need more balance up front. I don't I don't believe that, that, bal- that, that they have the balance scoring they need to be competitive in this league. Obviously, the McCarr edition helps, but they have to get Yes. Production elsewhere. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get more out of Rontanen. You're yeah. not going to get more out of McKinnon. You're going to get the, probably the same. I think those, those are the levels of those yeah. players. I don't think you're going to get more. So this is this goes back to what I know. They're completely different teams. I'm not saying Colorado's Edmonton. I'm not. I'm not. But how we've always go back and say that you're not going to get more out of McDavid and Drysdale than you've already gotten. So you need the production elsewhere to boost up your team's win total. I feel similarly about this Colorado team right now. And if they had if they had won the lottery, <laughs> we were well, sure. talking about something in vision number two, right? Yeah. But they didn't get that. So. Yeah, they need to make some moves this offseason. It'll be interesting to watch. And I don't like being confused for Jamie. There's no greater insult that you could throw at me. So I don't mind that my take was misconstrued because it wasn't my take. I think Colorado will be better next year. I just don't like being confused with Jamie, of all people. Might be right every once in a while. Into the Stanley Cup here. Uh, St. Louis-Boston. It is now a best of three. Just to rehash, Craig's prediction was St. Louis and six. Jamie and I both had... Boston and seven. So in this case, I guess you can't confuse me with Jamie because we had the exact same pick. It's best of three, though, now. So 
The question that's for St. Louis is, is Game Five everything for I, the Blues? I believe it is. Yes, I, I kind of think it is too, and I kind of think it might be for Boston now that Char is out, or it sure sounds like he's out. Yeah, we'll, and we'll find out about that. You saw the one report. There was one report that he's done for the season. Yes. I don't know if that's true or we'll not see. because it's the but, playoffs, and if there's a Game 7 in Boston and they need him, maybe he'll pull a Willis Reed and come back for limited minutes. I don't know. already playing without Greslick, too. I mean, they, yeah. they are starting to get beat up, just and, like and San Jose And Greslick's still in a non-contact jersey as of this morning, yeah. so I, I that doesn't look good. That matters. That yeah. matters. You start to whittle that blue line. So Connor, Hey, but they have Connor Clifton. <laughs> The savior, Connor Clifton. <laughs> so I, I Connor will... hockey. Oh, oh let's I not, hate let's these storylines. No, no, I done hate these storylines. We're, we're done with the hockey as last name. Would you say he's the best Connor in the NHL, though? Let's just put that out there real quick. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Jamie was going to say something. And I forgot what to say. Oh, oh good. I, I am oh. less confident in the Bruins now than I was before game one. Just because of the injuries? For me, it's just because of the injuries. It's because of the injuries, and it's because of how well Ryan O'Reilly is playing. Mm, yeah. I know it's weird to put that on one guy, but he is. Re- I mean, he's had a great postseason altogether. Five on five play. Yeah, yeah. How many power play goals does Boston have a series? Is it six? All of them. Yeah, it feels like every goal. They I don't score. know if they've ever scored not. On- oh, they scored the one shorthanded. But that's. I feel like that's about it. <laughs> what does Pasternak have? Remember my proclamation before the series started, right before opening faceoff? He has one goal, and one goal, one assist in four games. That whoever plays better between Tarasenko or Pasternak will win the Stanley Cup. Tarasenko's playing better. Tarasenko yeah. is, yeah. So, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna come off Boston because I do think, I think if Boston wins Game Five, they're winning the series. I think if St. Louis wins Game Five. They're like a seventy percent chance. Of winning yeah, exactly. Series exactly. Of like yeah. Boston could still come back. I don't think Boston's going to be rattled if they're facing elimination. Well, Boston did score a power play goal in Game Three. I, so they have seven power play goals in this series. Is that right? Four in the one, and then one in each of the other three. I, I mean, believe that's right. They're making yeah. the Sharks Crazy. envious. So can this team win without scoring on the power play? Yeah. Can St. Louis shut down this power play, which has been spectacular? And by the way, you should check out an incredible piece that Fluto Shinzawa did. On the athletic oh. about Boston's power play, it's a terrific piece. It's so well written, yeah. so well researched. There's only three games left, but I still have the feeling in this series that we haven't seen the best of Boston. I think we've seen the best that St. Louis can play, and they can play at that level for another two or three games. But I still feel like Boston, particularly five on five, has a lot more to give. That top line's been that. good, but not as not to their level of play in this series. It's just any time you get down to a best of three or if it comes down to a best of one, at that point, anybody could win. I mean, at that point, you could throw, not Ottawa, I was going to go too far, okay. but you could throw like a, a mid-tier team in and they could beat Boston in one game. So I, I, I'm i enjoying the contrast of styles. I like how the thought coming in was, well, Boston has all the speed and St. Louis is going to be physical and they're going to out-physical the Bruins. I don't know that you out-physical the Bruins, but no, St. Louis is doing a pretty I, yeah. good job. I, I, yeah, that, but it's, yeah, their forecheck is tough, and that's that's part of it. People ask, well, why can't you play with a broken jaw? Guys have done it. Derek Stepan did it. Jeremy Roenick did it, famously, here in the Valley. But it's it, it depends on the severity of the break. Yes. T- it depends on the situation. And, man, when you watch the way St. Louis plays, that forecheck and everything, oof, I'd be really careful with that. Again, I wouldn't be surprised if he stepped onto the ice because this is hockey and players are crazy. Yeah. Players play with things like torn ACLs and ruptured spleens. So, 
and and uh, collapsed lungs. Yes, too. yeah. I mean, just one of his teammates and, has and broken legs, collapsed lung. Yeah. The problem, though, and I've heard this comparison. You know, where we just like Willis Reed, he, just by him being there, or like Chara in the last game, just him being on the bench with the bubble mask on. But now, if he's on the bench with a bubble mask on, he can't play in Game Five. You're wasting a roster spot. Yeah, like yeah. I, I, I think it could be inspirational inside of a game. Yeah, I think. Oh, look, look our captain's back, or, or you know, whatever type of thing. But just being out there, and, and look, it's not been the greatest series for Zinnochara either. I mean, he his lack of foot speed at his age has really shown in this postseason. Now, yeah, I'd still, still rather have him out there though, as I would too. But. Is a guy that is a fifty percent Zeno Chara worth being out there? I'm not so sure. So that would make him like six three if he was only fifty. Like fifty percent Tory Krug, yes. Fifty percent Zeno Chara at this stage of his career. I'm not sure that helps Boston. I'm enjoying the series because I think it's been really even, and, and you start to look back at the last few years. Like Washington, Vegas was was not as even as as I think a lot of people hoped. Pittsburgh, Nashville was good. Pittsburgh, San Jose. I mean, for as much as I'm always worried Pittsburgh's going to lose, I was pretty confident they were going to beat San Jose. But Chicago-Tampa was before that. That was a fun series. That was a fun series. You always yeah. knew Chicago was probably yeah, going to win. I never felt threatened in that series. No, no. but it's still fun. Yeah. But but this series, it's like it, anything could happen here. And I, I mean, that's you, good for the sport. Would you play seven defensemen as they're considering? I don't, I don't get that. No. I, mean, I mean, I get you can you can go with situations to a certain extent and... Not overextend anybody, but I mean, with, when you're talking about the minutes that you're going to be divvying up with those guys, I, I don't know. And that's, I mean, if you do that, who are you, who are you scratching? That's are you the scratching question. David Backus? Uh, that's who it would seem like it would be, and I don't really want to scratch him. He I, hasn't been he hasn't been very good, but no, he hasn't but, made much of an impact on the series. But I still kind of like the idea of having him out there in in this situation. And at that point, you're gonna you're giving significant minutes to your eighth defenseman on the depth chart. Like I just, yeah, I, I just to, to me, I just I, I don't. Yeah, or not, do much right? If you're playing seven guys, how how many minutes are they getting? Well, and that's like, that's the point. I'd rather have an extra point? forward. I'd rather because at the end of the game, look, you're, you're in do or die mode almost at this point. The final 15 minutes of the game, you're playing two defensive pairs. So mm-hmm. what's the point? That's true. That, that's a good point. You're so not going to get playing hurt, what's your the eighth point? guy or seventh guy or whatever at that Sometimes point. Sometimes you're not even playing your fifth guy at that point. No. Like, I, and, and no, I don't think like David Backus, is, he's not up for the con smite. He hasn't been outstanding. But would it shock you if he somehow scored a big goal, no, an emotional no. leader in a, against his former team that he played his, the majority of his career with? Not at all. He's got His emotions have to be so high right now. And yeah. Those would probably carry him through these last three games. And I don't. if I'm Boston, I don't really want to break up my third or my fourth lines. Yeah. They're the reason I'm that I'm here. I'm thinking, do not take any penalties. Yeah. Stay yeah. out of the box. If we can stay out of the box... We can win the series, probably. Which That's crazy how their power play's been insane. It's what, okay. So the year that they won, now I'm trying to think back too far. The year they beat Vancouver in the Stanley Cup, and the and Vancouver just yeah, burnt their own city down. Yeah, wasn't their power play horrendous? I don't remember what their power play like was. Like the but worst in the playoffs. The thing that is cracking me up now is about you know, and we talk about Bruins fans being spoiled or Boston fans being spoiled by all the titles the city's winning lately. Anyway, but there's this thread out there that. This this stinks. The, the Bruins are just unlucky. It's not fair. They're having all these injuries. <laughs> Otherwise, they would have won the cup. Well, guess what? When you won your last cup, the only reason you did is because Vancouver was beat to hell. Yeah. Vancouver was a better team and would have won that series had they been healthy. Also, can you remember any Stanley Cup playoff run right. that didn't result in multiple injuries? It happens literally every time. No, and that's just, I mean, that's the, the sad truth of... I guess we're even seeing it in the NBA potentially, but specifically in the NHL and the NFL. Like injuries play a major role in who wins. If Boston still wins the Stanley Cup, then then good on them for fighting through it. But 
I'm sure you could go through year by year and find two or three teams that either missed the playoffs barely because they had too many injuries or were out of the playoffs earlier than they should have been because of injuries. That just that stuff happens. It's mm-hmm. part of the game. And I don't have a problem with Boston the way a lot of people do, but if you're a sports fan in Boston whining right now, what do you, what do you want? Shut up. <laughs> uh, which goalie is more likely to steal a game here down the stretch? You still think it's Tuca? I do. Yeah. yeah. I, do. I still think he's on the, the Consmite heat check. Along with Brad Marchand, Ryan O'Reilly, maybe Tarasenko can climb into this if he you know, does something. B- b- big final three games yeah, here, yeah, or big final two games, really. True. He's, <laughs> he's got to be closing in though on the NHL on the playoff lead in goals, doesn't he? Uh, I can uh, actually tell you that. No, but he is one goal shy of tying uh, the NHL record for most is, goals in a single Stanley Cup final by a Russian-born player. See, there you go. Which was Alexei Kovalev uh, in he's 1994. Two back of Logan Couture. There you go. Still, wow, Couture. Still, how many back of the, what's the record, 19? Yeah, so he's still yeah, six so off the record. Happen. Is that seven, right? Seven off the record. Seven Too off bad the record. Couture get in. I would have liked to have seen that record broken. That would have been cool. But what if Tarasenko has a hat trick in game six? I mean, then he probably is the consummate. Well, all of yeah. a sudden, he's got six goals in five and games. Won the and, cup and, with him having a hat trick in game six? Or yeah. even if they win it in game seven or whatever, yeah. It's in the conversation. Um, yeah, he's he's in the conversation. Ryan O'Reilly's been. Ryan O'Reilly would be my pick for St. Louis right now. What's up with that stick, by the way? Yeah, that's that's the craziest thing I've ever seen. It's like it's flat, which that that doesn't freak me out as much. I mean, playing with a flat stick, there's players that do that, and there's yeah. benefit to doing that. But then mm-hmm. the end, I don't, it's, yeah, the little like curl. What's up with Mike Johnson doing all the tweets, uh, all the conversation about uh, illegal curves or crazy curves? Because I just did that story in Ladislav Nagy, how we talked about how he played with an illegal curve his entire career. Yeah. <laughs> Now that I'm retired, guess what? I talked to Mike before I talked to Laddie, and I brought that up with Laddie. And Laddie just uh, – we, we started talking after two minutes of laughter because <laughs> it was like the, the secret was finally out. <laughs> I also like how you call him Laddie now, like you guys. Oh, we always called him Laddie. That's what everybody called him. Okay. okay. Which uh, is not to be confused with Lady. No. Same spelling. Not the same at all. Uh I guess we should mention the potential Jacob Truba for Nazem Kadri rumor uh, uh, that was thrown out there at like midnight which last NHL night. Which NHL insider broke that? That'd be Sean Avery. Okay. With, uh, uh, is he the one that also broke up the Dallas Stars? He's the one that broke Martin Brodeur's mind uh, for like a couple weeks. I, I think Sean Avery should stick to his post-game Snapchat uh, evaluations because okay. those were very entertaining. Uh, this trade rumor, not so much. That's really about as much time as we need to spend on Sean Avery as NHL insider. But the immediate reaction he got from people in Toronto at like one in the morning Toronto time I would be very happy to trade Nazem Kadri for Jacob Truba yeah. I don't know how they're going to make that work because they're going to still need to move all these pieces away but you know they're going to find a way like we said on every show I have zero doubt Toronto's going to make this work yeah but I don't think they're going to add Jacob Truba they, they can't be taking on salary this offseason like that's ridiculous we'll find a way <laughs> uh, we're actually going to give Toronto a slightly higher salary cap just uh deferred because. salary cap yeah yeah <laughs> exactly uh listener questions unless you guys have anything else no let's anything else on. on the cup are we watching the cup somewhere uh well, we were considering it for tomorrow but uh, okay. I think everybody forgot including me um what was the question yeah no, no big deal it's uh, Coyote Steve. Coyote Steve. Hi, Steve. Is Hayes, I'm assuming Kevin, a potential center of interest for Arizona if the Flyers are unable to sign him by July 1st? Yes. Cool. <laughs> we're just doing one word. <laughs> the funny thing is, we, that actually was addressed earlier in the show, Luke. Yes, I know, but the if question just came in. So you didn't have to read it. I'm reading You're... the questions as they come in. I'm going in reverse order this week. You go in reverse order almost every week. Who's running this show? 
Yeah. I don't know. I've been I've been asking that for two hundred and three <laughs> episodes. Well, allegedly two hundred three. Yeah, that's I mean, true. One hundred not all of those uh, have, of have an actual record. You know why? Yes, no, I, I know exactly. I was running those shows. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, let's see. This is from Greg. What are the chances that Goligoski gets moved? And based on return, would the Coyotes need to retain any salary? But, well, uh, there's a lot to unpack there. First off, I haven't. I don't see any inclination on the Coyotes' part to move Alex Goligoski at this point. Uh, I know there are some people that are down on him, and you, there's a fair argument to be made when you look at his production and some of the other numbers, but I think they feel that he can have a bounce-back season. So I don't I don't see there, there being any willingness for the Coyotes to break up what is the strength of their team right now. That's the blue line. That Let's face it, that's that's where they are strongest right now, so... You can you can argue that you can deal from a position of strength, but who's filling those minutes, et cetera? Are are they ready to move on from Alex? I don't think so at this point. But you you never say never. And in terms of retained salary, it would depend on the deal. I mean, that's it's just too hard to speculate because I don't know what deal we're talking about. Yeah, I would be surprised if they move him without already having a replacement on the roster. Okay. Uh, so if, if I guess if something wild happens in the trade market or in free agency or, or something where they get another defenseman, but. Otherwise, like Craig said, I don't know who fills in. This team does not have a lot of depth in the minors for anything. So you don't you don't exactly you're not really moving guys without having an actual replacement ready. Yeah, I mean that's good to remember. Most of the the prospect pool that we talked about for two or three years that they used to have, they were all forwards, and those guys are all either up or on Chicago now. And so the D have all been drafted in the last couple seasons, yeah. and D take a long time to develop. Yeah, I mean who Pio Joseph's probably going to be in Tucson for the entire year, and he needs to fill out so. He's not NHL ready. Kevin Ball is nowhere near NHL ready, and they got a couple guys that are playing college hockey still. Yeah, you know when you're talking about Cameron Crotty and Ty Emberton, both of those guys are a long way off. They're both right-handed defensemen, and they're high on both of those guys. But it's going to be a little while. Don't you wish they had Connor Clifton right now? <laughs> oh my gosh! I mean, if, if, what a world of difference that would make. And even, had, even or like, you know, hey, you know, I can't believe they didn't sign Noel Hoffenmeyer. Yeah, you've, you've been struggling. By the way, I while. asked someone, and I'm I'm not going to name who this is, but the the overriding opinion in the OHL of Noel Hoffenmeyer, because I know a lot of people have been asking me about this, and I and I asked someone who's well connected in the OHL why the Coyotes might not want to sign him, and the answer was because he can't skate. Mm. It was blunt. And you think that's an issue? And in, in when you're playing hockey, <laughs> apparently, yes. inability to skate. Uh, real quick, one last thing on Goligoski. I I completely am in line with the idea. Like, I, there's there's no reason to trade Goligoski just for the sake of trading him. But if if we're talking about the Coyotes potentially going out and making a trade to add a player, if it's not, go out and sign a guy like Kevin Hayes. If they're actually going to make a trade, I know we've touched on this in the past, but just because it's the Coyotes, it's probably worth bringing up again on this show. What are they trading to get something? Not to dump salary, not to do any of this stuff. And by the way, the Coyotes aren't looking to dump salary. They need to take on some salary, actually. You mean to get a, a score? Yeah. If, if they had to trade for a winger, what are we trading? Well, you've got chips like your, your first-round pick, which yeah. is number 14, so not, not that attractive, but packaged with something else, packaged with maybe a Christian Fisher. Maybe those are some of the things that you're talking about dealing. But you're right. They don't have a lot of pieces that they can deal right now. And, and I think that that's why... This potential deal with Toronto would make a lot of sense for them because you do have your cap space to use as an asset because you don't have a lot else. Like, I don't, I mean, I don't think Nick Merkley is an attractive trade piece to anybody. No. I don't, I don't even know if P.O. Joseph is at this moment. Nope. And you don't have any depth behind him. And that was one of the listener questions, by the way, P.O. Joseph, whether he's an attractive option to Toronto. 
who may have had some interest in him before. But again, he's he's a long way off. My sense is with Toronto, what they're looking for in return right now is immediate help Jake on the Gardner's blue line because their cup window is open right now, and yeah. they understand as most teams should. Cup windows don't stay open a long time. You may think, oh, down the road will be good. Down the you gotta you gotta seize it when you have it. Yeah, because if you went into this season trying to figure out who had the biggest window open in front of them, we would have said Tampa, and we would have said Winnipeg, and maybe Toronto. Or maybe I'm we probably, we probably would have said Toronto okay. just in terms of like number of years because of the guys they have. And now, and Tampa and Winnipeg's windows are still open. Certainly Toronto's is. But doesn't it feel like both the Lightning and Jets, those windows have kind of closed at least a little bit? Well, or there's some questions? They're in jeopardy, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. the Lightning have closed more because we don't know if they're ever going to win another playoff series. It the might not have ever lives. even been a window. It might have just been painted on the wall Here's or the something. thing with Tampa, too. They could just turn this all around next season with the immense talent they have, and we'd all say, okay, they just needed, I don't know what they need. They needed some lessons. Yes. But, yeah, you, you wonder now, is that team? does that team have it upstairs? Do you le- learn anything in four games against Columbus? It's not like you went on a run and experienced the you, ups you really and downs. You need to take a hard look at what's going on. That's, that, that's going to be a fascinating one to watch this yeah. offseason, them psychologically identifying what's wrong with that team. I don't now. think they're built for the playoffs. Maybe. I really don't anymore. I don't know if they're not built for the uh, If they're not built for the playoffs, it's upstairs. There's, there, like there's, mentally there's, or in yeah, front They haven't had deep playoff runs in the past, right? I mean, they were that close. To winning, yeah. though, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, they were in the Cup final against Chicago with some of these same players. They, they were get, in the conference final five years yeah. ago, though. Now, yeah. Well, the Capital Series, though. I mean, think about that. I mean, it's just those last two games where you're like, wait, wait, where'd the team go? Look, yeah, I'd have not... to, I'd have to double check, but wasn't that the first time Tampa really faced pressure and elimination in the playoffs two years ago, and they just folded? And this year, the yeah, same and, thing. And they just folded. They folded from the very beginning. But they, they have the talent. They can go on a. They can go sixteen and four in the postseason one year, and I think we go. Yeah, they have the talent to do that. But the second they face any adversity, they fold. I know that that's yes, but but when we're saying a team's window is closing, their window no, isn't their closing windows, because they don't have the players to do it. Their I'm window's closing still because they're going to pick them next year and be angry at the end. Yeah, of the season. like I, it's, they have too much talent to be this pathetic in the postseason. Straight shooter McBlubbin. If you could pick any actor to play Jamie in his biopic, who would it be? What NHL rule needs to be changed the most, and how would you change it? Oh, these are two good questions. So first, I'll answer the second one while Craig ponders the first one. Yeah, let's start I, with the I've second been, one. Thinking about this. Are you ready for it? Go for it. No, I'm not actually. I I don't don't, know. I haven't come up with it. We should listener suggestions. Yeah. I actually don't know because a lot of people have the hey, don't you look like that guy from. I don't, I've never gotten that. See, I wasn't going off look so much since it's a podcast. I was going more off just like what he brings. I was like Gilbert Gottfried. I don't know. Somebody like that. I'm not going off. I can't even do a Gilbert Gottfried impression. Please don't. Please don't. I'm not going to try in that one. Um, You guys don't watch kids' movies. So, yeah, Gilbert Gottfried is the voice of so many animals and. Animated characters. Is he in, really in kids' movies? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Like in uh, what was it, uh, Doctor Doolittle with Eddie Murphy? That's true. He was a dog's voice. <sighs> Throw the ball. Throw the ball. Am I alone here? How's that? See, I didn't have to even I do it. I can. Oh, that's a drop. The drop. Um, the I'm I'm okay. alone here. Yeah, uh, look uh, at the levels on that one. Yeah. No. It'll, that one will be easy to find after Spiked. the show. Yeah. As as for so, listener suggestions at the Natty Hattie. Let okay. us know. Yeah, because uh, that is. Because I'm tough actually one. curious. I, I, I just I've never really actually gotten a celebrity comp before. I'm just trying so. to think of who the most irritating actors are, and I can't. Oh, think there are of a lot of them. Yeah, uh, yeah. So for the second question, what NHL rule needs to be changed? The first one that comes to mind is making the blue line a, a vertical plane. Yeah, you have to do something with offside. I would love to see that. I actually have three off the top of my head. I, I hate change. the puck over the glass rule. Yeah, yes. I hate it. Yes, that's that's. From day one, I've hated that rule. From yeah. literally the second they implemented. Although we got a great song from what loves TSN. 
or Sportsnet, who had that great the puck over glass song. That's right. That's right. I'm trying to remember. So if if we got one good thing out of it, it's that. But if we got rid of the rule now, they wouldn't take the song away. We still have the song. I would also say they need to change the rule on goaltender interference, but I don't know what the rule is. So how do we? It's like changing pass interference. Like they're going to get it wrong no matter what they do. So I just I'm I'm resigned to it. Those are the three. The blue line one's easy. The puck over glass is easy. It doesn't change the game. It actually makes things infinitely easier for to be officiated. Uh, just do it. Puck Can we just throw glass? a bone to Mike Smith, too, and say get rid of the trapezoid? Yeah, might as well. Okay, yeah. there you go, Smitty. Uh, Schmitty. Sure. Schmitty. 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 Uh, real quick, though, on puck over the glass, because I, like I said, I've hated it since the first second it was implemented. Doesn't it feel like it still needs to be something, though, now? Because I think we are at the Icing. point where guys would just fire the puck into the crowd. Icing. No line change. Defensive zone face-off. That's go. fine. Yeah. There okay. you go. That's fine. Like, I Done. think that's probably, I mean, again, I, I know that, I just don't think there's going to be this rash of teams just clearing the puck in their own end if you take away the penalty. I like the defensive zone faceoff, no line change, and a defenseman has to take the faceoff. No, Ooh. not that last one. Wow, part. that's... Just kidding. <laughs> goalie has to take the faceoff. I love yeah. to see Nikita Zaitsev take a faceoff. Goalies would uh, be interesting to see a goalie in a faceoff. Goalie, goalie faceoff at though. center ice, and they but have to stick? see you can get back yeah. to the... That could get back get to the net. A lot of interference. I think goalie, yeah. you have to put your stick down first. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like my chances. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, we're going to have to come up. When we come up with our all-star team, That I don't know when we're doing that. We well, need to stand the cup playoffs. Oh, we've right. got a lot of work this offseason. Yeah, we've got some homework. But yeah, that'd be the easy one. Just defensive zone face-off uh, icing. Uh, hold on, I'm to scroll through all these. I, I, this is from Thomas. I apologize before for this, beforehand for this question because it's about ownership. What, quote, materialistic things, unquote, are you referring to when you talk about botched sales of the team in the past? I'm just curious. Did I say materialistic? Is that what the question is? Or material things? Uh, maybe you said material things. I don't remember. I wasn't listening. Oh, suddenly thinking of a Madonna song. <laughs> oh, I don't know why. That's honesty. <laughs> uh, no, I think basic you stuff. I mean, things. it depends on which which pastorship story we're talking oh, about. But, but, you know, you're, you're talking financial or legal issues generally. Okay. So uh, I can't really specify more than that without you know which which one are we talking about? There've been so many, it's dizzying. No, but when I that's I guess it, I could see how it would be confusing. The first time you said material things, it could have been like a couch or clothing or something, fashion. That's that's what they, pops to mind when they I think could not settle on the office furniture, and that <laughs> killed the deal. <laughs> uh, well, we've got a lot. I know. And, Dustin, and I, I even by the way asked for questions until fifteen minutes before we started recording. Dustin uh, Rayhorn writes in, Ilya Labushkin showed signs of good back check pressure and solid hits that enable change in puck possession. Can we expect more minutes on third line D above Connaughton this season, especially because Labushkin is a righty? Yeah, I, I think he's sort of cemented his spot um, in the lineup. I think more. It's going to see. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with Kevin Connaughton because he didn't have the season that he had the season before. Now he, his role changed quite a bit, right? He was taking more defensive zone draws. He was on the PK, so he's not going to produce as much. But, you know, I, I don't think Kevin Connaughton's future is with Arizona, even though he signed for one more year. Ilya Labushkin, you, you got to think that the he's still trending upward and he's learning the game. They they liked what they got from him in his first season over here. Maybe Connaughton's a, a potential trade chip. Not, he's but, not going to bring in a 30 goal scorer. Yeah, what are you getting? I always feel like, though, there's there's at least a couple teams that will overpay for defense, which is why I think Toronto's going to be able to move to Zaitsev. Connaughton's a guy that was on waivers, though. I, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, mean, it, I I'll, I'll hate to lose him simply for his quotes. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's one of the best guys to talk to in the locker room. He's he's absolutely hilarious. Dry sense of humor. Always, he's got a quick wit, too. He's got something to say on everything. 
And if he wants to go on a run like he did two seasons ago, yeah, now, there you go. He just scores well, every sure. game. Uh, Rob writes in, what is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? Well, the question always is, could you be more specific? Are we talking about a European swallow? Are we talking African, of which there are many species in the swallow family, so I really, really don't know what you're talking about. Oh. But if you want to know the average airspeed velocity of a European swallow, unladen, of course, it's 25, 24 miles per hour or 11 meters per second. Obviously, yes. For our Canadian yeah, friends, clearly. 11 meters per second. Everybody knows that. I saw a Gila monster on Sunday. Have you guys ever seen one? I have. Oh, in person? On a golf course. On a golf course? Yeah, we decided not to putt out on that hole. You golf? I used to, oh, with okay. Dave Vest. Wow, that would have been something yeah. to see. Mm. Uh, is that the only oh. time you've ever seen one? Uh, yes. I had never seen one. It ran across the road in it front ran. of the car. Yeah. This was... one was sunning <laughs> near the near the pin. They're pretty mean, aren't they? Yeah, and when they la- latch into you, there's no getting them off. They're just permanently <laughs> just there? Just saw. <laughs> Take their head off, because that's the only way you're getting them off you. He he looked like he was kind of grumpy that he had to get across the road as quickly as he did, and they kind of run funny when they're running fast. Like he was, it almost looked like he was just tumbling across the road. Mm. I have not seen one run. I don't no. want to see it either. Uh, well, I was in the car, so it didn't matter. Like playing Bull Canyon, and it was literally it was sunning right near the pin. That's where I saw one. Maybe it's on the, the same one. Okay, Could I mean be. I wasn't at the Could golf be. course. Could I was, you know, probably not many. You're not predators for a Gila monster. Yeah, I'm not. seriously. What's hunting the Gila monster? What's a Gila monster? What's hunting a Gila monster? I, I don't know. My Maybe perception either. was they all the other other animals just stay away from them. Yeah. That's I was at Gold did. Canyon. I wasn't like golfing because I'm not bougie, but I was hiking and there was bougie. yeah. Uh, I don't buy that you're not bougie, but you just weren't golfing. <laughs> I just wanted to hear Jamie say something. Coach East Jack, besides Hayton in this year's first round pick, what Coyotes prospect are you most eager to see at development camp? Say that again. Read that one more time. Besides, besides Hayton and, and whoever they take at 14, presumably, uh, what Coyotes prospect are you most eager to see at development camp? Hmm. That's a good question. It is. It's a tough question because there are a few players that have been selected recently that I... That's a tough one. I'd probably still go Joseph. Would uh, See, the thing with Joseph is that I have a pretty good sense of his development, and it, it's it's really about physical maturity as much as anything with him right now. But I, I think I'd like to see those those two defensemen that I brought up that are still in college. Yeah. You know, um, I'd like to see Cam Crotty and uh, Ty Emberton because I don't know a lot about them. They're both right-handed D, and the Coyotes are very high on them. The other guy that you know I didn't get enough of a look at last year is – Ivan Prospetov, uh, the goaltender on whom they are probably the highest of any goalie in the system. Now, there's a lot of development. Things can change. Who knows if he'll stay on that trajectory, but they absolutely love that kid. Higher on him than Aiden Hill, just to be clear? I would say so, yes. Aiden Hill but can't do a backflip on skates. Aiden Hill is further along in his development. You don't know if Prospetov will get there. Again, we're talking about goaltenders, mm-hmm. so just because they see potential higher maybe higher upside in him doesn't mean he'll get there yeah goaltending is a crazy position it's so hard to project those guys it's like pitching in baseball kind of that's probably the closest comp i can come up with like you draft the guy and then he ends up being good for somebody else five years later basically jamie nate schnarr i'd like to see a little bit more from i don't know if he's gonna be able to make an nhl impact at some point but he's got some of the prototypical things that will lead to you to believe he has a chance but like I said, there's just not there are not a lot of skaters on this team right now that are going to make an NHL impact anytime soon. We should have mentioned, and he won't be a prospect camp, but Capobianco. I mean, he, he I could see him playing NHL minutes this season. When we were yeah, talking before, but he's, he's recovering. From yeah, he's hurt. ACL, so yeah, he's say going to be at development camp. No, yeah. I'm not saying it for development okay. camp. But we were talking earlier and, and talking about how 
there's not really much that could come up from Tucson potentially and help them on the right. blue line. No, he, he, right. Whenever he's healthy, could feasibly do that. He's pretty much it. And yeah. Tucson. yeah. When you that's look at it. Tucson right now, there's there's just not much down there that's no. going to help him. Um, that, there's not really a name here. There's just a bunch of numbers. 39, 35, 8, 1, 30, 32. Okay. Which player are the Coyotes the more likely to select with the 14th pick? And I won't. <laughs> this I won't, is all Craig. Hold on. All Craig. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm not going to go specific names. I'm just going to say uh, a center because you can never have too many or a right-handed defenseman. I already saw the, the, the names included. So the defenseman that's in question in, the, in this question is not going to be there at 14, I don't think. so. Soderstrom? Yeah. Okay. I think he'll be gone already. I don't think he's going to make it that far. Um, you do love mock drafts. <laughs> It's the 14th pick of the draft. I have no idea. But that's why I'm not giving. That's why I wasn't giving the names. I'm just okay. saying the concept. Let, let me rephrase this question. If, okay. If, whether I think it's going to be Alex Newhook, whether it's going to be Soderstrom, or they trade the pick. If I had to choose between those three, I'd say they trade the pick. Oh wow! I, I don't okay. think Alex Newhook will be a Coyote either. Okay. Trade the pick. Uh, best player available. That's how you draft yeah. if you want to be successful. Yeah. That. That's, that's how they'll go. In sports. Because you have no idea what your needs are going to be down the road, especially if you're talking about developing a defenseman. Yeah. That's a I, long development curve, so you're drafting who the an, heck knows what your needs are going to be down the road? You're drafting an 18-year-old kid in the middle of the first round. They're not playing for you anytime soon. Yeah. I mean, uh, you don't know what forwards you're need. have a shorter path to the NHL. They can get there faster, especially if they're a higher pick. But with defensemen or goalies, man, long, long development. I feel like... Wait, they took Brandon Gormley and Vladimir Tarasenko was still on the board. Oh. That to me is an example of, of, and there was more to it than that. I know but addressing it, trying look, to address I, need over best player available, and that's look what look what happens. Yeah, and they weren't the only team. A bunch of teams did that. Tarasenko went in the twenties that year, didn't he? Yeah, he went. He went. Yeah, because he also went to pick that. Got uh, David Rumblad was traded for the pick that. Oh, David Rumblad. Bet you didn't expect a David Rumblad. Yeah, but yeah, David Rumblad for Vlad Tarasenko trade on draft day. Just uh, random essential. Coyote defenseman names. Sammy Lapisto. Ooh, okay, this is a good game. Go Hold on, let's uh, go around the horn. Pateri Nokalainen. <laughs> that's very good. Excellent. Even more. Anders uh, Eriksson. Are we stopping right there? I think we should stop. <laughs> I think right we're there. boring the audience. <laughs> Uh, last one here before we get to Swedish things with Sebastian Noren. Rose writes in. <laughs> Hi, Rose. Rose, just like Coach East Jack, also attended the Brass Tap. The it, 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 We were like... They're in the Hall of Fame. We, we were very, there were very few people at the Brass Tap that day. For some reason on Memorial yeah. Day, nobody was drinking beer and watching... Because uh, they'd already drank all the just, beer. Apparently. They, they drank all the Hefeweizen. Clearly, they, had, they, they all got the message, actually. <laughs> I was the only one who did not know there were two and a half glasses of Hefeweizen left in the house. Since you three introduced me to the wild ride that is minor league baseball team names, any Ooh. thoughts on the latest edition? Oh, is this, the one, this is the cow one? The, the cow I think it one. is utterly outrageous. Oh, boy. Oh. How's that? The Wisconsin Utter Tuggers yeah, is I, a team name. Minor League Baseball is the best. The logo. It is. It really is. It's it, turns out, it is. It's fantastic. I mean, it'd be nice if they paid their players a living wage, but aside from that, <laughs> it's the best. I, I, there's really nothing to say. Every every comment back on the Utter Tuggers initial tweet is, uh, this is utter madness. Do Everything th- is just a pun. Well, I, I think the Twitter account's just milking it. Where are they based? In Wisconsin? Hopefully it's everywhere. like Sheboygan. The Sheboygan utter well, there are a lot of those kinds of names in, in uh, Wisconsin. No, but where are they? Do you know where? Do I have to look this up? Well, how would I know we off the top of my head? Can you, can you There's Google? so many names, like so many towns. I'm running a show. Barely. But I'm doing it, which is more than I can I think all you. three of us are looking it up. Yeah, how about we all look and then uh, that's just a waste of everybody's time. Do you have it? 
Jamie uh, does this. Uh, I'll play some Jeopardy music. Jamie's our official what researcher. What was the big deal about that dude losing on Jeopardy? I could have lost on Jeopardy. What, <laughs> I don't understand what the... It's, we, and, we, do we have more questions coming in as we sit here? We, we need to bail uh, before we get more questions. No, I Grand don't. Shoot. Where? Grand Shoot, Wisconsin. Where the heck is Grand Shoot? It's the town of the Grand Shoot, in Wisconsin. Grand, in Wisconsin, and I don't know where Grand Shoot is. How school in Wisconsin? How many schools C-H-U-T-E. did you go to? Where is Grand Shoot, Wisconsin? Well, it's Neil Appleton. I don't oh, know if that okay. city means anything. I, I do know where Appleton it's is. North and slightly east of Oshkosh. If they were Oshkosh the Oshkosh cool. Uttertuggers. It's like, it's like between Oshkosh and Green Bay. Oshkosh is a cool place, by the way. Really? What do they have there? Well, Jeans? It's right on the lake. It's, Bagosh. it's beautiful, actually. <laughs> An abundance so, of bagosh, <laughs> clearly. So it's, it, it's wait, everywhere. It's, it, it's near Appleton. Huh? Yeah, it's just northwest just of Appleton. That's All right. Too far. I am abruptly transitioning from Wisconsin things to Swedish things with Sebastian Noren, who is now on the line. It's now time for Swedish things with our special guest, Sebastian Noren. Hey Sebastian, uh, you think you know so much about soccer, but you really don't. Second hour. All right, joining us on the line now, the one and only Sebastian Noren, who has been to all four Stanley Cup games so far. Seb, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? We're great. <laughs> Craig speaks for all of us now. Apparently, we are collectively great. What's uh, what's? He's the ombudsman of the show. Yes. I guess. Yeah, that's the, that's the Swedish word. There like, you go. I like that, that term. Sebastian coming in with Swedish words right out of the gate. Okay. Yep. What's what's okay? Let's just start a, a war between two cities right now. Which city has the better atmosphere for these games so far? St. Louis. Ooh. Okay. Just because they haven't won with, before. With, yeah, without a doubt. Uh, after that game four win, that was about the loudest I've ever heard uh, an arena. It was absolute bonkers. I uh, I got a chance to speak with uh, actor John Hamm after the game. He barely had any voice left. It was amazing. I'm, I, I'm not a super big fan of the song Gloria, but <laughs> hey, whatever floats your boat. What about John Hamm? He was awesome. Yeah? How so? I mean, did super, you guys sit down for... I mean, just, just super cool, you know, pretty chill, laid back. He did... Uh, couple of media things uh, before Game 3. He was on the NHL Network before Game 4. Super nice guy. Uh, before, before we get right back into the Cup Finals, I, I need to know one thing. Why is Finland better than Sweden at everything? In everything? Uh, they are not. They are not. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we will not discuss the World Championships here. That was an abomination. Was, was Sweden in the World Championships? Oh, boy. Oh. It's singular, isn't it, by don't, the way? Don't World hang, Championship. Don't hang up, please. I mean, mm-hmm. if they had multiple championships, perhaps Sweden would have won something. Yeah. Yeah. Greg, Greg is... Uh, I'm, I'm just... <laughs> let's go this way. I'm happy that Finland ended up winning, because then you can always fall back on that, oh, well, at least we lost against the team that went on to win it all. Oh, yeah. I guess the U.S. can't even and do that. have you seen... I mean, have you seen the celebrations in Finland after they won? Mm-hmm. Did you see the dude that was naked in the fountain? Uh, no, I missed that one. Yeah. Okay. No that is uh, some Twitter gold right there. <laughs> that dude, was he was the happiest Finn in all of Finland. I feel like they should lose their uh, gold medals after that. <laughs> uh, I don't really know where to go after that. but um, uh, Naked guy in fountain? Naked guy so in fountain. Perfect like, segue we'll, for so many things. 
Yeah, no, we were talking about the arena. I mean, TD Garden. I mean, it's it's in a it's a cool place. Uh, I just don't feel like it was as loud as it was at Enterprise Center. Do you but think? At the same time, Boston. I mean, that whole area. They're pretty used to winning. That's so. the thing. Do you think they're just spoiled? Maybe. <laughs> You're too kind. They might be. Yeah. He's not going back to Boston for a reason, right? Are you? Yeah, are you're you, not going to Game Five, huh? No, I'm not. I'm taking a little break here. Okay. If there's a Game Seven, are you going to that? Most likely, yes. Okay. But uh, definitely going to Game Six in St. Louis. And explain to us how you get into these games. <laughs> well, there's a little site called NHL.com, and uh, I do writing for their Swedish site. Oh. Yeah, Craig. So say something in Swedish then, since we can't speak Swedish. Am I going to have to dump any of that? Or was that all? <laughs> I just said that the atmosphere in, in, at the Enterprise Center was better than at the TD Garden. Beautiful. I was beautiful. hoping you were going to tell Craig to F off. Oh, okay. Yeah, behind the scenes here, Craig can say whatever he wants to Sebastian because Craig won't be in Vegas with me and Jamie and Sebastian in a couple weeks. This is true. So he, there's no repercussions for him. The Athletic doesn't oh. care about the awards. <laughs> Apparently. Um, let's see. Sebastian, who stood out for you in this series so far? And you know, look, before it started, Jamie and I both picked Boston and Craig picked St. Louis. And I still think Boston is the better team. But if Chara is really out for the rest of the series and just the way St. Louis clearly wants it, I don't, I don't know. How do you see this going? It's now a best of three. Yeah, I also had Boston going into the series. I had them 4-2, so that could still happen. But um, yeah, if we're still waiting on word, definite word on if Shar is going to be out or not. Uh, there's some speculation that they might roll seven defensemen if he is out. Uh, so we'll kind of see there. But yeah, that's a tough, tough loss. Although Shara is getting up there in age and everything, he's still a very influential player for the Bruins. Um, my biggest concern is the the first line and their five-on-five game. You know, they have arguably one of the better lines in all of hockey, but they can't really seem to get things going here in, in five on five in the finals. So, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, if, if the blues find a way to win game five and then have a chance to close it out at home, that's going to be pretty epic. Sorry to all Boston. Fans. Uh, You're not welcome back there again. It would be a really cool story. It would be. It, it, um, it really would. As far as as far as who has been impressive, I think a lot of the the sort of unsung guys. I think Oscar Sundquist, even though I'm a little bit biased because he's Swedish, I think he's had a very good series, even though he's missed one game due to suspension. But he looked awesome here in Game Four when he came back. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly had a monster game too. Uh, Bennington has shown that he's able to bounce back and. You know, those are some of the players for the Blues that have really stood out. I think Tarasenko, you you keep seeing these moments, and he's such a good finisher. I don't know why he doesn't shoot more. Along those same lines, Seb, who are your Conn Smythe favorites right now? It's got to be it, – it, it will probably be Bennington if the Blues win or Tuca if – if Boston wins, because I think that if you look at the playoffs as a whole, they've been awesome, both of them. Tuca, who is Finnish, by the way. Yeah, yeah, he's a goaltender, we know. Okay. 
Just assumed. Yes. Any finished player as a goaltender or Capo Caco? How about Brad yeah, Marchand? I, mean, I, a, I, I can be nice to the Finns. I don't have a problem with that. Tuca, Tuca is an amazing goalie and uh, has gotten a lot of undeserved uh, criticism over the years, I, I think. Uh, as far as Boston players go, has impressed me. Uh, I don't really know if there's Tory Krug. Yeah. 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 Good. Their power play's been unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, that game game three where they four four power play four, four. Yeah. four shots. And they had power play goals in each of the first two games, too. I'm trying to remember if they yeah. did in three, but their power play has been so... It, back to what you were saying about five-on-five five play, I wonder... One of the things I wanted to talk about today is can the Bruins win in this series if they don't have success on the power play? Are they capable of winning? St. Louis has to know how critical their power play is, too. It's just been been lights out in this postseason. Yeah, I, I think that in that case, and we should mention Charlie Coyle and Marcus Johansson, too. They've been phenomenal. Great, great pickups here during the season for the Bruins. And those are the type of guys that have sort of stepped up here in in five-on-five. Five. So it, it's sort of a weird thing. You would you would think that a line with Bergeron, Marchand, and Pasternak, unless... Bergeron is playing with like half a lung again or something. Right, right, right. He's done there's that been before. some speculation about that because of his, yeah. his minutes five on five, yeah. Yeah. So but but you would you would assume that they would be the dominating force, but it's been Johansson and Coyle who've worked just phenomenally together. Seb, uh, last one for me. You mentioned, or I mentioned the awards. I'm just segueing myself here. I mentioned the award show before, but the local angle is uh, Oliver Ekman Larson uh, getting nominated for the King Clancy, being one of the finalists. You'll be there, and I know you know Oliver pretty well. What does that mean for him, just in terms of of his uh, contributions to the the hockey community on and off the ice? I mean, I think it means a lot to him. I don't. I don't think that he's particularly uh, worried about getting recognized. I think he's just happy being a part of the community and doing the work that he does with the Boys and Girls Club. Um, but of course, I mean, it's a it's an award and it's always nice to be recognized for things you do, even if it's just at work or in his case, if it's, you know, playing professional sport and doing work in the community. So it's, uh, it's a cool thing. It's nice to see him, uh, see him nominated for this. I know he's going up against uh, Henrik Lundqvist too, so... Uh, the odds are in Sweden's favor there. <laughs> Look, he delivered Swedish things. I can't argue with that. Yep. Sebastian, yep. good stuff, man. Enjoy the rest of the series. We expect to see you running out on the ice in Game 6 if it's decided then, okay? Oh, I'll do one of those SEAL celebrations. Can you, wait, can you promise us no. that now? No, no, no. no You'll no, be arrested no. immediately afterward, obviously. I, but I'm going to try my best not to fall on my butt. Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's pretty much it. It's a good way to go through life. Or just do it just yep. catastrophically. It's got to be one of the two. <laughs> it, can't, it can't just be a minor fall. Nobody remembers a minor fall. It's either got to be no, perfect I mean, or like head first one, in the boards. There's that one clip. It's from when the, when the Kings won. That girl in the high heels that just, ooh, she ate it. Yeah, see, and you remember it forever now. I know. Yeah, you exactly. you could one-up the naked Finnish guy in the fountain by running naked onto the ice after don't, St. Louis wins don't, the cup. Don't do that. Don't. Nah, <laughs> that's not going to happen. <laughs> all right, Sebastian, we'll see you in a couple weeks in Vegas, all right? Yeah, see you in Vegas. Thanks a lot. Bye. All right, that's going to do it for us. For Jamie Eisner and Craig Morgan and Sebastian Orr, and I'm Luke Lipinski. Thanks for listening to the Natural Hattrick Podcast. What's a rub-off means? <laughs>